The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We certainly have an explorer on our hands today. The company's name is GCX Metals, trades under the code GCX. Last traded at 5.6 for a market cap of around $10.5 million. But uh, things are in motion to uh, change all that and uh, uh, redirection of the company to a West Musgrave uh, Nickel Copper PGE project, uh, frontier stuff, but uh, as soon as I say that, I also have to mention it's the same neck of the woods as BHP is planning to spend upwards of $1.7 billion developing its Nebo Babel project in the West Musgrave. Now, to bring us up to speed on just what uh, GCX is picking up here, we have the incoming MD and CEO, Tom Lyon, with us today. And Tom is CEO of Dante Resources, which is the private company that uh, has the package of uh, exploration tenements in the West Musgrave that GCX is uh, picking up. So with that, I'll say, G'day, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Barry. Nice to be here. And thanks for that very accurate uh, introduction. Right, here we go. So, Tom, um, you're certainly known around the traps, but for those who don't know you, uh, how about a bit of a personal background just on yourself? Sure. Well, I'm a geologist by trade and mining's been in the family all of my life. My dad was in mining and uh, I got in, got into the, the mining scene about 11 or 12 years ago, initially as a production geologist working in, in the mines and then progressed into resource development, brown fields exploration, and then went directly into uh, greenfields exploration from there, which has always been my passion. So I kind of went the backwards way to get uh, more clo- closer to exploration. And while I was working as a senior exploration geologist for a company in South Australia, I started my own company and went out and after a couple of years of research and acquired some ground myself as, as a sole director of my company, Strikeline Resources, uh, and vended it into a company called Taruga Minerals, which was my transition into the corporate side of the business. Uh, and, and I became the CEO of Taruga and, and did that for about three years. Uh, and I finished up there uh, earlier this year and uh, kind of fell into this this role uh, quite quickly afterwards, which I'm very excited by. Now, I mentioned that GCX has uh, entered into an agreement to acquire Dante Nickel uh, Copper Platinum Group. Tell us a bit about Dante. Sure. So Dante is a pretty remarkable project. They're Aren't many greenfields plays that have this level of kind of advancement, I would say, uh, coming into the market at the moment. We're 15Ks from Nebo Babel, which you, you mentioned earlier. So it's amazing to me in the industry how many people who are in resources are not aware that BHP are building a $1.7 billion uh, nickel, copper, and PGE mine uh, in the West Musgraves. Uh, but, uh, but there are certainly many people who, for some reason, haven't heard of it. But we're very close there. We're in the same geology, so we've got the same rocks on our project. The project has the best data set, historical data set I've ever seen in my, my time in Greenfields Exploration. 
We've acquired about 15 to $20 million worth of historical exploration data collected by WMC, uh, Rio Tinto, BHP, uh, Tracker Resources, and a few other companies who uh, held the ground for a while prior to uh, us, us uh, taking over ownership. And with that is around 3,000 auger geochemical drill holes across the project. So just an unbelievable auger geochem data set. We've got full coverage airborne electromagnetic data over the project, which is a very fantastic data set, very expensive to collect. We're reprocessing that now. And we've got about 25 or 30 RC diamond uh, drill holes over the project as well, full coverage magnetics and, uh, and also gravity. So oh, not, not to mention hundreds and hundreds of rock chips. So there's been a lot of work done on the project and a lot of excellent targets to find but for a few reasons, very limited drill testing undertaken there uh, over the project, which kind of leaves all of this potential here for us to come in and pick up where the historical explorers left off. And, you know, that's one of the things that really attracted me to the project and made me excited about it. It's not just the amount of data we've got. So we're starting from a very advanced position. Um, you know, we, uh, but there's a lot of, there's, there's large magmatic nickel copper targets there. And there's also large uh, platinum group element reef targets there uh, which are outcropping and, and, and high grade so it, it's you know we kind of already know where we want to drill um we're starting you know with 15 20 years worth of data you know behind us um so it, it's an advanced play i would say from a from an exploration perspective it's known to be a remote area uh, it becomes less remote obviously when a company like bhp starts putting infrastructure in for its uh, its nebo babel project um I was just wondering the the other issue in that part of the world traditionally was uh, securing native title agreements. Uh, have you secured a native title agreement? Well, again, I, I should have mentioned this. This is one of the other things that I really loved about the project is that has an executed uh, native title agreement. Uh, we've already completed our initial heritage surveys over the project, uh, which has all gone well. We have land access. We're working very closely with the local Nanjara people and have a great relationship with them. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, the survey work is, is essentially completed. So um, all of that, you know, we really focused on using our private uh, investment uh, before vending into GCX, ensuring we had confidence in land access and heritage, which from my perspective is the number one, um, I would say, risk in exploration at the moment and, and something that we, I really wanted to have confidence in bringing the project to market. Uh, and, and you're right, uh, people have considered the West Musgraves historically to be you know, somewhat remote, uh, but I always, I always say, you know, it's not Africa. Uh, and, you know, Nebo Babel being built there, $1.7 billion worth of infrastructure coming in only 15 Ks down the road. We've got an airstrip on our tenement. Uh, we've got a town on our tenement. Uh, we've got 4G internet across the entire project. I've never worked on an exploration project where I have 4G internet across the entire project. So, you know, it's you, we can fly in uh, directly onto the ground, uh, and BHP, in fact, are flying their entire contractor and staff um, crew into our, our project every week. So there's about f uh, 10 flights every single week coming on, landing on our tenement and taking off from our tenement, uh, and BHP are building an airstrip at the moment on their ground, so eventually they'll transition to that, which will be much larger, larger capacity. There's a camp out there with upwards of 300 people uh, just down the road, and um, it, it's all it's all it's very active you know it's it might sound remote but when you're out there it feels like you're almost on a mine site yeah it's fantastic the um with the bhp's project uh, focusing on the nickel and copper but you mentioned um 
you've got these uh, PGE Gold uh, Reef targets. Um, tell us a bit about those. Sure. So the PGE Reef targets are pretty exciting because they literally stick out of the ground. I often say, you know, at, at Dante Project, the metal sticks out of the ground, and you can see that uh, if you look at some of the photos that I've taken up there. Um, these reefs have been, you know, you can walk along them, you can touch them, you can pick, you know, pick them up. Uh, they've been sampled extensively. Uh, they have high-grade platinum, palladium, and gold in them. Uh, there's 23 kilometers of continuously outcropping strike, averaging over a gram per ton. So it's pretty remarkable, and I'm not aware of any other targets or PG projects um, around in Australia that have that kind of scale. Uh, even if you look at Bushveld in South Africa, I mean, they're, they're, they've got obviously 2.2 billion ounces of platinum, palladium, and gold in the Bushveld. It's, it's a remarkable, um, it's the largest source of PGs globally. Uh, but the, the scale of the targets at Dante Project and the outcropping reefs is, is, is truly remarkable. And that's just what's sticking out of the ground. But half of the project is under shallow cover. So we estimate that there may be, you know, we, we estimate there's 75 to 100 k's of, k's of strike uh, on the project, including what's undercover. So it's it, it's large scale. And that's what attracted us you know, to the scale of the targets there, not just the PG reefs, but the large magmatic nickel copper targets as well. For sure. A little bit curious. It's uh, We all know that the major mining companies are scouring the world for uh, projects uh, containing, you know, future facing metals, the battery metals, um, nickel, copper, and PGEs in a way. Um, how is it that uh, Dante was able to pick them up, this, this package up? And I imagine there might have been some competition for some of the majors out there looking for new ground positions in sort of frontier exploration areas. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's a kind of a history of uh, capital markets, uh, junior companies holding the ground, doing really good exploration and spending a lot of money on grassroots exploration data collection, building targets. And then when, basically when it came time to start drill testing, they didn't really have much cash left in the tin to test their targets, got into a bit of trouble and had to let some of their ground go. So one part of the project was uh, was, was um, picked up as free ground and another part was was purchased from a, from a junior. Uh, and that became, that's become the, the Dante project. But WMC had it back in 98 to 2000. They were very excited by it uh, and they had developed some targets. But in that same period, they discovered Nebo Babel, which if you read their historical report, at the end of the report says the first two holes that went into Nebo and Babel intersected uh, uh, massive, semi-massive sulfide and appears to be a economic discovery of global significance. So rightly so, they just dropped, they had most of the West Musgraves tied up. They kind of dropped their attention everywhere else and just put all of their time and money into the West Musgraves. So, uh, sorry, into, um, into Nebo Babel. And similar thing happened later down the line. Anglo-American had part of the uh, ground. They discovered and they, they developed some targets. They estimated a, a very large uh, PG uh, exploration target on one portion of the ground. And they discovered uh, Manchego nickel copper PGE uh, deposit, which is about 5Ks just outside of our project. So they then went and focused their attention there. And then they had a corporate mandate, which said that all West Australia, all Australian exploration was to be dropped in Anglo-American. One of the uh, things about uh, GCX or is um, you've had the support of uh, Tribeca. Tell us about the relationship there. Yeah, so we've got a very good relationship with Tribeca. Obviously, two of 
the directors on the GCX board are, are part of Tribeca. Tribeca have almost around 20% of the company. And that's a really good uh, position for us to be in because most juniors wouldn't have uh, an institutional investor like Tribeca. Uh, I've also got Australian Super Fund in there as well. So we're in a unique position where really, I suppose, for looking at access to capital and resource development, we have a very good opportunity here with, with, with the access to the t- kind of capital that's required to take a project all the way through exploration, discovery, resource development. And that's what Tribeca really specialize in is, um, you know, funding projects uh, to, to that stage where you would be considering, you know, whether or not you were looking to make an exit to a major, for example, or, 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 um, or some other pathway. So we're in a very unique position uh, and a very good position, and we've got a very strong backing. We also have the support of the renowned Apollo Group, both technically and commercially, uh, very well known. Uh, chairman Ian Middle Ian Middlemiss, the chairman of the uh, GCX board of directors. So, very well known uh, group. Um, obviously, they've done their due diligence on the project. So is Tribeca, uh, which has resulted in the uh, vend of the project into into GCX. At this point, I guess we should talk about uh, what's the consideration for the acquisition and is is it subject to a shareholder meeting? Yes, so there is, it will require a shareholder uh, meeting and uh, that should be undertaken in the next uh, a month or two. Uh, the consideration is 50 million upfront GCX shares with uh, 60 million shares tied to performance milestones, which is a combination of drill results and share price performance. So some pretty substantial milestones need to be achieved uh, in order to uh, obtain those uh, additional 60 million shares. And one of those uh, milestones is a, is a large nickel uh, equivalent resource. And, and the other two are drill results and uh, plus share price uh, achievements. Right. Okay. Well, it's a part of the world that if we look at Nebo uh, Babel and the, I think there's also a big copper discovery in that region. Um, there's a succoth. Yes, it's a, it's a tough one to pronounce, and everyone's got a different way of saying it. But I, I say succoth. Succoth. It's it's Definitely. a 160 million tons at 0.6 percent copper. It's slightly different to Nebo Babel uh, from a mineralization perspective and style, but I mean, again, that's a huge deposit, right? We've got 400 million tons at Nebo Babel, uh, running 0.33 nickel and 0.3 odd uh, percent copper. That's going to produce 25 odd thousand tons of nickel in concentrate and 25,000 tons of copper in concentrate every year for 25 years. That that is a you know that is a tier one deposit by by any stretch of the imagination. And the nickel is forming part of at the present part of BHP's nickel expansion uh, plan, and it's destined to go through the Nickel West facility. Um, at the moment, the guidance is 2027 will be the nickel concentrate will be going through Nickel West. First production is scheduled the same guidance as Oz Minerals had prior to the acquisition from BHP. So the first half of 2025, uh, BHP are planning to produce their first nickel and copper concentrate. Uh, so there's a bit of a gap there at the moment between the production of the concentrate and the uh, running of the concentrate through the Nickel West facility. Not sure exactly what the reason is for that. I'm assuming there's some expansion plans going on infrastructure-wise at Nickel West. Uh, and we're not sure what's going to happen with the copper concentrate. I believe Oz Minerals were going to sell it as a concentrate. I don't know yet whether BHP are intending to make cathode at one of their other facilities or whether they're going to uh, export it as a, as a con- uh, concentrate. And yeah, uh, still very much in the work uh, BHP's plans, both um 
And their entry, of course, was through the $9.6 billion takeover of Oz Minerals. Um, people focus on the copper in South Australia, but uh, the uh, West Musgrave project was probably 25 to 30% of the value of the bit. So, given you're a geologist, what is it about this part of the world that um, creates um, this sort of uh, uh, minerals uh, opportunity across uh, the full suite almost? Well, that's, that's a really good question. People have been looking at the West Musgraves for some time for the reason that it's it's an absolute freak of nature. It's it's at the junction of these three major craton margins, which are basically big plates of rock that make up most of Australia. That's the West Australian, the South Australian, and the North Australian cratons. And at the triple point junction of those, if you imagine three plates where they connect in the middle, is the West Musgraves. Now, there's only a few places in the world where you get exposures of rocks like this uh, at the surface. And basically, that, that scenario has created a deep plumbing system and conduit, which has allowed rocks which have um, been crystallized deep and deep in the uh, Earth's crust uh, to come up and be exposed at the surface. And these rocks are what we call highly fractionated. So what that basically means is that uh, as they're crystallizing deep in the deep in the crust a lot of other elements kind of get stripped out and you're left with this kind of soup of concentrated metal just to put it simply that can produce these large mafic ultra mafic um, related uh, ore deposits these big magmatic nickel copper pg deposits and these pg reefs and so there aren't many places in the world where you have a scale of these types of rocks exposed and in a, at a depth that can be uh, explored easily um, as you do in the west musgrave so very exciting. We already know that it's producing tier one deposits like Nebo Babel and Sukuth. And it's still, despite all of that, remains underexplored because of the historical perception that it's quite remote um, and you know not having as many juniors out there. And juniors drive the discoveries as we know. Um, and that's changing now. So bringing the kind of aggressive exploration that juniors bring to a project like this, which is what we're going to deliver on, on the project, and uh, the unwavering attention and devotion to systematic exploration, exploration drilling, and and hopefully leading into discovery and, and development um, is what we plan to bring here. And unlike historical explorers, we don't plan on getting distracted in the process. And you uh, do have that clear pathway to drilling. So million dollar question, when do you think you might be out there drilling? Well, our guidance for drilling is really subject to the regulatory approval timelines. We can't drill between December and uh, February just due to the severe heat and weather out there. Um, so there's a gap. So if you know, if the approvals were to come through uh, in time to drill this year, we would do it. Uh, but our guidance is that um, coming into the uh, the new drilling season next early next year would be uh, the most likely uh, drilling outcome for us. We have a clear uh, visibility on where we would like to drill, um, and we're already working through the approval process now. Uh, with the Department of Mines. Your initial targets, you expect that to be the magmatic uh, nickel copper or the PG reef targets? We'll drill, drill both. So it's going to be it's going to be split. We'll, we'll um, put a significant amount of our drilling budget into the magmatic nickel uh, copper targets and we'll also test several PG reef targets at the same in the same program. So we want we want to get a good look at, at multiple targets, but very confident that the work that we're doing right now with our expert consultants, is going to yield more magmatic nickel copper targets and more PGE targets on the project. We've really only scratched the surface. We've got excellent first targets, but there are going to be 
many more targets that are going to be yielded from our review of the data. Uh, so we can expect to see those coming through into the drill plan uh, in the near future. Where are we now? We're uh, almost at the end of September, so things will really crank up, uh, what, second quarter of next year? Well, this- late, late first quarter, yeah, uh, early second quarter. We, we also have our uh, Onslow um, IOCG, iron oxide copper gold project in uh, Onslow uh, in West Australia, and we've got government funding to drill uh, three deep diamond holes into those uh, IOCG targets. Again, it's frontier exploration. There's not been much work done there. Uh, they're very compelling targets. Um, there are uh, WMC we're looking at there for IOCG 20 years ago, uh, and, and we're going to be testing a few of those targets uh, likely this year. Uh, soon uh, under government funding. Now, I mentioned at the opening the uh, current market cap, 10, uh, 10.4 million. Obviously, there's a share consideration that will uh, bump up market cap uh, once shareholders meet and uh, presumably approve the acquisition. I'm just wondering what, what sort of milestones do you see to uh, create uh, a greater market cap, greater value? Well, really, we're focused on exploration discovery, systematic exploration leading to discovery and resource development. Everything we do is, is you know, for that purpose. And so you can expect to see us focusing on aggressive exploration, targeting and drilling, uh, trying to bring discoveries forward as fast as possible. Uh, and, and, and that's what we're, we're working to at the moment. So, I mean, there are many things going on in the background with our consultants. We've attracted some world-class consultants to work with us on this uh, in fields of geochemistry, uh, petrology and geophysics who are working through our data set with us um, but I mean drilling is what gets everybody excited uh, you have a good idea about where we want to drill and we're moving there as fast as possible to get the maiden drill program underway okay so there we go folks very interesting story uh, quite often we get um, junior explorers uh, missing around old uh, gold sites in outback WA but here we've got one focused on uh, well Tier one type uh, scale discoveries uh, in the West Musgrass, not far from HP, is uh, developing the Nebo Babel mine. So, and as I said, a clear pathway to uh, which will uh, be fascinating to watch. So, with that, thanks for your time today, Tom. Exciting stuff. Good luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate your time. Cheers.